you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 4 for a few minutes. James chapter 4. I'll tell you what, Brother Hayden is really growing in the Lord. He's got a per- personal photographer uh, that takes his pictures of while he, while he sings and videos them. And that's pretty good, amen. Some people have bus drivers. He's got a video or videographer. Amen. I appreciate his brother. Amen, brother. Here's your holy water. Amen. Praise God. Or is that, a, is that an offering jug? Huh? Oh, missionary jar. Okay. Amen. Well, I'll knock the missionary jar off, so I don't want to do that. Amen. I appreciate these two missionaries. I don't know if they're not speaking or anything. They don't even sit together. I'm praying we need to have some reconciliation. But, um, and, uh, you know, Brother Jello's got a big vision. He's got a poster six foot high of himself back there. Amen. This little missionary carries a, a, a punch. Amen. I, I love him. Appreciate his attitude and appreciate him staying uh, within the time limits. We'll, we'll have you back sometime. He's staying over at New Life for a while, aren't you? Amen. And so uh, we appreciate uh, them getting to know Brother Taylor. He was over there and he said, I am so glad they're next door. You know why they're so glad? He says, because when I take my hearing aids out, I can't hear a thing. And he said, if, if that building caught on fire, I'd just burn up. But I'm sure these little missionaries would come over and drag me out. So he was praising God for somebody next door. Amen. So y'all was a help to the man of God. Amen. All right, let's stand on the Word of God. We're going to start at verse 5 where we left off. It says, do you think, James chapter 4. Y'all with me? Amen. James chapter 4. And go by and see the display. Get a card. Amen. And um, we'll fill that up, praise the Lord, with something, uh, money, and um we appreciate so much you being with us, amen. I thought, I didn't know if he was bringing holy water or moonshine or what, amen. That's, that's great, amen. I don't know why a jar reminds me of moonshine. I'm, I'm, a, city, I'm a city slicker, so uh, you, don't even get, you don't even understand what I'm saying. But uh, uh, I'm a city slicker, but I don't know why when I looked at that jar, Brother Bobby, I thought about my South Georgia friends that I tried to reach down there, amen. So anyway, James chapter 4, let's get in the spirit. Uh, James, that was a good song, brother. I was just kidding with you about having your photographer. I'm glad, the bro- I'm glad you got a brother that's proud of you. Amen? And I want to tell you something. Next time he does announcements, I want you to take a video of him. Praise God, because he, he did a great job. Matter of fact, he said he did a better job than Jason. That's what he did. He said, I think I did a better job on announcements than Jason did. And so pride comes for a fall. But anyway, look at this. James chapter 4. Let's go with it now. Uh, let's go with verse 5. It says, Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain to the, the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? What an unusual verse, but a good one. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. And then verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Let's pray. You can be seated. Father, thank you for the good missionary letter and the good missionary presentation. We're honored to have uh, Angelo and Joshua with us tonight. I pray that you would bless them, give them churches that will help them get back to the Philippines quickly and get the gospel of those lost and dying souls. God, thank you that I was married uh, or, or uh, born in uh, South Georgia, uh, married in Atlanta, Georgia, 
pastored in Dalton, Georgia, and Lord, I've had it made all my life. No hunger, no, uh, no cults around um, dominating the country until recently, and God, I just thank you for where I was born, and God, where I was raised, with a godly mother, and God, thank you so much for saving my daddy. Thank you, God, for answering the greatest prayer I had in my life, to see my father go to heaven instead of hell. So God, give us a burden to pray for our lost ones. I know there's some people who have lost daddies in here, lost relatives, lost friends, lost workmates. God, please save them. God, give us a burden for souls as we preach on prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning I preached on the tragedy of unoffered prayers. You have not because you ask not. And then I uh, touched uh, lightly in verse uh, 3 and 4 about spiritual adultery, uh, being an enemy with God and thinking that he's going to finance or, or underwrite your sin. Folks, I want to tell you this and I'll tell you straight. If you're not living right with God, you can't pray. Because the Bible says if you regard iniquity in your heart, he'll not hear you. And folks, the Bible says we ask amiss and that we consume it upon our, our, uh, your lust, you adulterers and adulteress. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. And so a lot of people are very worldly and very sinful, and they think they can throw up a flare prayer and come to church and kneel at an altar and their prayers will get answered. They think they can have an emergency, go to the emergency room, and on the way to the emergency room in the ambulance, they can just pray and God will answer. Well, according to my Bible, uh, God will not answer because we ask to miss, but not only do we ask to miss, we live amiss, and we live not right with God, and we think that we can use God as a, a grocery boy or a emergency rations, and folks, He's more than all that. He is the one that owns the grocery store, and He wants to supply us with needs so we can be a blessing to others. And then we have the problem of unacceptable prayers, and that's with wrong motives and lustful, uh, lustful praying. And uh, gave the illustration about the man that got married and then wanted, uh, uh, the lady that got married wanted her new husband to finance a trip to Atlanta with another man. And any man that would do that is crazy. And uh, absolutely crazy. And folks, I want to tell you something. A lot of people commit spiritual adultery and say, Lord, finance it. He ain't going to finance it. He's not so hard-pressed to use dirty vessels, and he's not so hard-pressed to answer prayers of people with sin in their life and selfish motives and not putting God first and full of the world. But I want to give you a thing, I want, and somebody told me this morning they had a hard time following my outline this morning. Well, I really didn't have an outline. I just had a heart that was overflowing with a burden to pray and gave you the introduction. But I am going to give you the outline tonight and I want you to take these five things down, these principles of having an undeniable prayer life. I said that this morning, I don't want to repeat myself too much because I ain't got that much time. But I want to say this, folks, one day you're going to need to pray. You're going to need to pray more than you ever thought you needed to pray. And at that time, you better be on praying ground. I beg you not to play around with praying. I beg you to realize that there will come a time where getting through to God will be the most important thing in the world. I've never seen anybody that's on the deathbed ask me what the brave score is. I've never seen anybody that's going through a terrible divorce 
or their kids have run off into drugs and sin and got hooked on uh, crack or cocaine or meth, say, uh, is the Falcons playing. So there's no, t- there's, no, there's no time for that. When there's an urgent need, and I want to say this, friend, I believe we're in an urgent emergency in America. I don't know if you realize this or not, but folks, there is a crazy dictator over North Korea that could do more than he ever thought he could do because he's demon-possessed. And we, we're on the verge of something big around here, and it's not good. So we need to have an emergency prayer meeting for America and for our president and stop criticizing him and ridicule him and pray for him. Amen? And pray for our whole nation because we need it. And so I want to give you some things where you can link up to the omnipotent God. And first of all, the first principle, you get this now, get this principle. And uh, I think it goes right along with that great song, How Great They Are, Beautifully Done, is that we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God when we pray. Denial-proof prayer comes through, number one, being led of the Spirit when you pray. I'm talking about praying in the Spirit. Now, the charismatics, uh, they define that as praying in some unknown gibberish that nobody can understand except them, And I want to tell you something, friend. I don't believe that's praying in the Spirit. I don't believe God's going to play games with us and we're going to have to interpret somebody's prayers. I don't believe in prayer tongues. Just don't believe in it. Because I've never heard Jesus preaching, uh, speaking tongues, and I never heard Jesus pray in tongues. Folks, I want to tell you what I believe praying in the Spirit is. It's led by the Spirit, burdened by the Spirit, and I'm, friend, I'm talking about interpreted by the Spirit, When we can't even pray, God leads us to pray. And God leads us to pray for a burden that we didn't even know was on our heart sometimes. So the Spirit lusts this. Look at verse 5. Do you think that the Spirit Spirit saith in vain, the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? The word lusteth means this. It means a strong desire. Now I want to say this, friend. The Spirit of God does not want the attention tonight. The Spirit of God does not want His name on the sign out there. He wants Jesus lifted. That's His office. He, nobody can even call Him Lord except by the Spirit. And I want to tell you what the, Lord yearn, the Spirit of God yearns for is for you to have entire, complete devotion of heart to God. He wants you to pray with your whole heart. He wants you to live with your whole heart. God is a jealous God, the Bible mentions several times in the Old Testament. And the reason is, He owns you because He bought you and He sustained you. And by the way, He created you. I'm looking forward to going over to a a local restaurant. There's a guy over there named Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, that's an atheist. One of our ladies has been witnessing to her to him fervently, and, and I believe uh, it's time for me to make a move on him and try to see if the Holy Ghost will prick his heart that he didn't come from some one-cell amoebo that flipped over and became a tadpole and then became a monkey and showed up at Kurt's restaurant or wherever he works. God help him. But folks, I want to tell you something. God, the Holy Spirit, wants you to crown him as Lord of your life. That's what he lusts for. That's what he yearns for. That's an Old Testament a King James language. He desires for you to have pre- him to have preeminence. The Bible says in Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body of the church and who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He don't want just the prominence, he wants the preeminence. 
And so only by the Spirit of God can you pray with the Lordship of Christ at stake. Only can you pray for His glory to be magnified. That's why the Holy Spirit's saying, Jesus is Lord. And He wants you to pray that way and not pray lustful, uh, consuming upon your own lust and praying selfish and praying with sin in your life, saying, God, would you finance my life while I sin? I want to say this, friend. There's going to be a rude awakening in heaven when you realize that backsliders don't get their prayers answered. Because the Bible says, even if you regard iniquity in your heart, you'll not hear it. But the reason they don't get their prayers answered, they're praying in the flesh and not the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is through the Son to the Father. I want you to see one of the greatest verses on prayer in the Bible, and it's not Hebrews 11.6. It's Romans 11.36. Romans 11.36. The Bible says in Romans 11.36, it sums up prayer. It says, For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things to whom, to whom be glory forever. Amen. It said, of Him. Folks, listen. Of Him is the source of everything. Our prayer should come from heaven, not from earth. Hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. As in heaven, so in earth. And folks, if we're, the only way we can have a heavenly prayer life and get some heavenly purpose and heavenly power and, hev and heavenly answers is by the Holy Spirit. Folks, we need to be sensitive to what the Lord wants through the Spirit of God in your prayer life. And so, uh, it's of Him. And then it's through Him. That's the force of it all. I'll tell you what, all these star trekkers, may the force be with you. That sounds a little demonic to me. Boy, I made somebody mad right there. That guy that, in that Darth Vader outfit back there, he's got mad, amen. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, friend. May the force be with you nothing. You better have God. Because I'm going to tell you something, there might be the wrong force with you, amen? And, I, you know, I know we can draw swords and have a light show out here if we wanted to, but I'm telling you, friend, there's more important things than, than uh, the force. It's the move of God. And the Holy Ghost prays through you, not for some gibberish or un unknown tongue, so nobody will understand what you're praying, and then you won't even know when God answered. That's, and you can't even give God glory if you don't know what you prayed. So why beat around the bush? Just pray in good old hillbilly like I do and God will answer. Amen? Pray in English. So number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to follow this outline now. I almost had Brother Cody put it up, but I felt too dignified. Is be sensitive to the Spirit of God in your prayer life. And then it's of Him, it's through Him, and then it's to Him. That's the course of everything. So we got the source of everything, of Him. We got the, we got the force of everything, it's through Him. And then we got the course of all things, it's to Him. Reminds me of Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, let me give, you that, give that to you. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I want to tell you something, friend. Our prayer life should be surrounded and engulfed by the Spirit of God. The origin of effective praying is of Him. The operation of effective praying is through Him. And the objection of His prayer, every prayer should be to Him. Folks, prayer that gets to heaven starts in heaven. Amen? And it starts by the Holy Spirit praying through you. I mean, thank God for the Spirit of God praying through you. What's Romans 8, 26 say? I almost said 28. We had that in Sunday school. 
It says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings. That's where they get prayer tongues. That's totally out of context. Totally out of context. Because it says groanings which cannot be what? Uttered. Uttered. That means you can't say a word, friend. When you bow on your knees, you can't even say anything. But the Spirit of God puts somebody on your heart. The Spirit of God gives you a burden and you start crying and weeping for a soul that you hardly know. Folks, in other words, let me just say this. The Spirit of God escorts you into the presence of God. Romans 8, 26 says He's the intercessor. Jesus is God's intercessor, but the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. He makes God real. He makes God Lord. And folks, He knows God better than you know God. And so when you go to praying, you might not know what God wants, so God the Holy Spirit interprets what the will of God is. He might check your prayer. He might change your prayer. He might say, oh, no, 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 that's not what God wants. And if it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. Say amen. If it don't line up with the Bible, then I guarantee you the Holy Spirit's not saying pray that. You know, uh, I was in a prayer meeting up in Dogwood Valley Baptist Church the first time, and I heard Brother Sammy Allen preach a tremendous message. scared me to death. He got on the front pew, and I was on the second pew, and I thought, oh, Lord, what's happening now? And, I mean, he hit everything uh, from mixed bathing to pray. I mean, everything. And I, I mean, I, I was, and I was enjoying every bit of it, but I remember in the prayer room, we all got in the prayer room, and I'm in South Georgia. I'm just in South Georgia. We pray by course. Well, I got in the prayer room, and everybody prayed at the same time out loud. Our fellowship does that. I'm the moderator. I don't criticize anyone. The way they want to pray, they can pray. Praise God. But I want to tell you something. I lost my place. I didn't know what I was praying. I never prayed that way. But I ain't going to criticize it because that's the way they were raised to pray. But I want to tell you something. I couldn't agree with one of those gentlemen because I didn't know what they were praying. If they were praying, oh, God, help Miss Connie leave, leave Brother Wayne tonight. And I'm sitting there saying, amen, I'm praying a mist. Amen. I'm going to say, oh, no, Lord, no, no, you know I need her, and she needs me, and we're in love, and, and uh, uh, she'd starve to death if she left me, and, and uh, I would pray, you know, praise God. And I'd die if she left me. I told her the other day, I said, you leave me. Y'all probably think we had an argument then. If you leave me, I'm going with you. It's just a joke, amen. <laughs> I'm so excited about the prayer, uh, the couple's trip we'll have down in Philadelphia, and so honored that I'm going to be the, the preacher. And she's going to be one of the speakers on the, on the Saturday morning. So y'all block out the 15th and 16th of September. It's going to be good. I guarantee you. Not because I'm doing it. Because I believe the Holy Spirit's going to do it. And I am going to stay with the course. Marriage. Marriage. We'll have a couple's retreat early this year. Amen. Right down the road. It won't cost you a thing. So Romans 8.26 says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray, for we ought... But the Spirit itself maketh intercession. He's our intercessor. So he says, hey, I know you better than you know yourself. Now you don't think nobody knows you because you're so private and you never speak to anybody. But I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit knows you better than you know yourself. Hey, I want to say this. God knows the will of God better than you know the will of God. I'm going to tell you something. If it's up to me, I'm going to pray for happy days. I'm going to pray for comfortable days. I'm going to pray for a million dollars every day. No, not really. I pray some of you win the lottery, don't tell anybody, and tithe. We'll, they don't have to worry about this building program. But folks, listen. Sometimes we need storms. Sometimes we need sickness. 
Sometimes we need heartache. Sometimes we need some brokenness in our life. And God sends a storm. I'd never pray for that for you. But I want to tell you something. Once you get in a storm, you better pray that the Holy Spirit makes His grace special to you. Amen? Now, number two, real quick. If you're going to have an undeniable prayer life, you need to have submission to the Father. Submission to the Father. Look at verse 6, James 4. But He giveth more grace, wherefore He saith, God resisteth the proud, but He giveth, what? Grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I want to tell you something. The greatest act of pride in the local church today is a church that does not pray. Well, I'll just do our own service. I'll just let the preacher lead. Folks, a preacher can't lead without the Spirit of God and the will of God and the Word of God. I'll tell you another act of pride is when you don't pray every day. You're saying, I think I can make it through this day. I think I can make my own income. I think I can do this. I'll tell you another sense of pride is when you don't need to come to church. When you're too, too spiritual for Sunday school, you've already learned enough. I tell you, that's pride. You're saying you've arrived. And folks, you listen, I want to say, all you that's listening by way of internet, there's a difference in listening on the internet and being in the house of God because nobody knows you're listening on the internet. You need to come and encourage people. You need to exhort people. You need to minister to people. You don't come for yourself. And I want to tell you something. Pride is when you don't pray, and pride is when you don't show up. And pride is when you live independent from the grace of God. We need God. Oh, we need God. A good prayer is, oh God, I need thee. I need you every hour. Oh God, I need wisdom. Oh God, I need compassion. Oh God, I need to crucify this flesh. That's good praying. I'm not telling you how to pray. But folks, I want to tell you what prayer really is. Verse 6. It's humility. You know, a man gets lost on a trip. What's he do? He never stops for directions. Thank God for GPSs. Because I never would stop for direction. I've got so lost before. My wife says, won't you stop? Oh, I got, I got it, honey. Don't worry about it. I know where I'm going. Praise the Lord. I mean, don't worry about it. I'm in control here. I know. And thank God for GPSs. Thank God for updated GPSs. I had a, I had a GPS that was out of date, and I went through two church cemeteries before I got to a church. Amen. <laughs> I visited the dead, ran over graves. I said, where am I at? One of you was with me. I was trying to find Shenandoah Baptist. Remember that trip I took y'all on? It was on, I mean, we was going through cemeteries with an outdated GPS. And I want to tell you something, friend. I thank God that we can submit to God and we can follow His leadership. Prayer is not bending God's will to fit your will. That's how we pray sometimes. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I claim this. And I claim it, and I name it, and I name it, and I claim it. You've been watching TV too much. These jack-legged millionaires on TV, and if they've got the gift of healing, by the way, why don't they go down to the cancer ward in, in the children's hospital, go door to door, instead of making millions of dollars touching people on the stage. I call it a stage. You say, you, man, you're, you're mad at something. No, I'm just mad at the devil. Don't worry. It'll be all right in just a minute. I did listen to Tony Hudson Friday. I'm trying not to, to preach like that. I'll run the whole church out the back door, I'm sure. Because he had everything that moved. 
and some things that didn't move, and some things that were unmovable. But anyway, <laughs> we need to submit. Prayer is finding the will of God and getting in on it. That's prayer. It's biblical. It's scriptural. The first Adam said, I think I'll do it my way. My will. The last Adam said, not my will, but thine be done. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. When we pray that way, submitting our will to God, oh, we can claim 1 John 5, 14. Would you turn there real quick? My time's up, but I won't give it to you anyway. 1 John 5, 14. Who puts a time on the preacher anyway? 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. Amen. Look at this now. For this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. By the way, that means also you're in God's will. Look at this. And if we know that He heareth, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of Him. What a promise. Folks, what a tremendous, undeniable promise. Our problem is that sometimes we're haughty, we're arrogant, we're selfish, and we strut into the presence of God and say, God, give me this. That's why I don't like these TV evangelists saying this. I'm going to name it and claim it. I'll tell you what you ought to do. You ought to let God name it, then you claim it. Because I'm going to tell you something. You're not God, you're not the Holy Spirit, and you can't boss God around. Is that alright to say tonight? You can't boss God around. You need to realize that God, it's more important for God to like you than you to check your little Facebook right now and find out how many people liked your comment this afternoon. It's more important that you're acceptable in God's eyes than you are His eyes. And it's more important if you get up and pray instead of ch checking your Facebook. I wonder what happened overnight. I wonder who liked me. I'll tell you what, the most important thing is that God like you. Amen? Does God approve you? Does God accept you? And folks, he does in the beloved. Brokenness, pliability, leads to usability. And folks, in our prayer life, it ought to be just this. Oh God, I need thee. And oh Lord, please. I humble myself before you. I pray in the Spirit. God, lead me in this prayer. Help me. Remind me. Break me. Number three. You taking notes? We'll start with an S. You need to stand against the devil. Look at verse 7. It says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I once heard a coach say, The best defense is a good offense. Don't tell the Falcons that. We needed some defense too, say amen. I don't know why we're amen in the Falcons. That's not even in the spirit. But anyway, we stand against the devil. For most of us, the idea of the devil fleeing from us is ridiculous. But I want to tell you something. In prayer, I believe that when you kneel in the spirit and in humility and submission, I believe with all my heart, the devil trembles. Look at it. It says, submit yourself therefore to God. That's prayer. We're in the context now. We're submitting to God. Then it says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Now folks, when I, when I look at the word resist, when I look at the word, grab this, uh, uh, brother, 
uh, Andrew, grab it right here. Right, right here. You're going to play the devil. Okay? Stand right over here. Stand over here. Stand over here. Come on. The devil's not smiling. Well, maybe he is. Amen. Right there. Right there. That's good. That's good. Come on back. Come on up a little bit more. He's already trying to pull me off the stage. Amen. Come on. No, come on up here a little bit. I didn't tell you to pull, son. Go with the illustration. Get it at the very end now. I need a lot of rope. Get it at the very end. Okay. Good. I picked the wrong person. He's going to try to kill me. All right. Here we go. Now, I need somebody else to come up here in the choir. Or stand on this chair. Come on, somebody, get me a volunteer. Somebody light. Somebody light. Come on, Angelo, you're light. Praise God, come here. You're going to be God, he's the devil, okay? I'm the struggling Christian. Go up and stand on that front pew, okay, so everybody can see you. Right there, stand right there. Stand right there. Hey, thank you, brother. Please, brother, thank you. I don't mean to be bossy. Amen. Don't worry, it ain't going to cave in with little old you, I promise you. All right, now listen to this. The Bible says... That we ought to submit to God first. So I'm going, to get, I'm going to get tied in prayer to God. And I mean, I'm going to depend on God. And then the Bible says that we ought to resist the devil. So first of all, we submit to God, and then we resist the devil. Pull a little bit, brother, just a little. All right, now, now, now the devil can pull me in the gutter. The devil can ruin my testimony. The devil can pull me into the gutter. But I want to tell you something. If I'm submitting to God then I just got to hold on, pray through, pray to, and I want to tell you something, he can't pull me and God down. See, the illustration is this, submit to God first, and then resist the devil, drop the, drop the line, and, and he will flee, go back to your seat. And he even acted that out, that's good, he's fleeing, amen. Thank you, God, appreciate it, amen. You've never played God before, have you, amen? That's good. He said, I'm glad I wasn't the devil. Joshua was so afraid I was going to pick him as the devil. But anyway, do you get the picture? Folks, the Bible's simple. Submit their, yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh. Now, notice the order in verse 7. Submit, then resist. You know what we do? We go in prayer room. We try to live, and we just got our tar. We're going to resist the devil. We're going to be tough. We're going to be disciplined. We're going to, we're going to be uh, 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 stubborn against the devil. He's, we, resist, we resist the devil. But the Bible says, submit to God, therefore to God, and resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. So I'm going to tell you what a great definition of prayer is, drawing nigh to God. Let me just say this, number three. I'm going to give you five things real quick, but two, two more is that for most of us, the idea of the devil fleeing is ridiculous. But Jesus gave us authority over the devil. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he's in the world. When you pray, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says you can pray in the Spirit and put on the whole armor of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, 18. Ephesians 6, 18, real quick. Ephesians 6, 18. I know you got school in the morning, but it's early. Look at this. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. There it is. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Folks, we need to pray for one another. The devil hates God, so therefore he's trying to defeat you. He wants to hurt God. You're not that important. He wants to try to hurt God, so he tries to hurt you. And I want to tell you something. He will try to depress you. He'll try every way he can. The devil wants to do anything to keep you from praying. Because the Prayerless studies will not get the job done. Prayerless teaching will not get the job done. Prayerless praying, 
prayerless, excuse me, prayerless preaching, prayerless soul winning. Everything in the flesh will profit nothing. But I'm telling you, if we'll pray and submit to God, be sensitive, submit, and stand against the devil, we can resist the devil. As we submit to God, we can defeat the devil. We can see souls saved. We can have victory in our life. Number four. Here's the principle of undeniable prayer life. Go back to James chapter four real quick. James chapter four. Verse 8, draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Separation from the world. The fourth principle of undeniable prayer life is to draw nigh to God. And folks, when you draw nigh to God, you're, you're drawing nigh to God with a holy heart. Dirty hands, divided hearts, and double minds won't get the job done. Look at James chapter 1, verse 8. James 1, 8. Go back to verse 7. It says, For let not a man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded mind is unstable in all his ways. You're holding on the world with one hand and trying to hold up a hand to God, you're joking yourself. You're kidding yourself. If you're holding on to sin, the Bible says if you're holding on to a grudge and you're not forgiving, God won't forgive you. It says, for you worship or pray, go to that brother that has an alt against you. Not you have an alt against them. He has an alt against you. And make it right and then offer your gift to the, to the Lord. Folks, listen, God despises half-hearted praying. Psalm 66, 18 says, if you regard iniquity in your heart, He will not hear you. There's a price for prayers answered. There's a price of having an undeniable prayer life. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. He sh and ye shall seek me and find me when ye search for me with what? All your heart. Last but not least, the fifth principle is found in verse 9 and 10. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Seriousness and soberness of purpose. Seriousness and soberness of purpose. Sometimes the reason we don't have our prayers answered is we're not fervent. We're not fervent. Look at James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Confess your faults one to another. That's hard, isn't it? And pray one for another and be, and you sh that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent, Prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then it gives this great example. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. We're in an urgent situation. I'm telling you, I've never seen this world so dark and so sinful and so humanistic and so anti-Christ. When I started this church 40 years ago this February, people respected God. There's a lack of respect for God. It's harder to knock on doors than it was when I came to town. But I think we ought to still do it. But James says we're in an emergency. We're in an urgent time. And we need to pray and weep before God. 
That's what the Bible says. Look at verse 9. Be afflicted and mourn and weep and weep. I want you to turn to Isaiah 38. You Sunday school teachers uh, read this verse, but I don't think you emphasized this. Maybe you did. I wasn't in your class. It's a good Sunday school lesson. Somebody this, mor- this morning said they really enjoyed the Sunday school lesson. I thank God for that. Isaiah 38, verse 5. I want you to see something. I want you to see what God sees when you pray. Go and say to Hezekiah, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, the Father, I have heard thy prayer. And what's the next phrase? And I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thee thy days 15 years. Praise God, I want Hezekiah praying for me, don't you? 15 years. But you know what it said? It said, not only did I hear your prayer, I saw your tears. You know, some people wouldn't cry if they were dying. Really, they wouldn't. They've been taught to be stoic. I lived in a house like that. My, my, my wife lived in the opposite kind. They wept and cried and kissed and hugged and, and smoochy, smoochy all the time. Praise God. I'm glad I married into that. Amen. I don't know why she married me. I come in a, in a, um, in a, uh, from a family where we rolled each other notes, you know, when we said I love you. And we uh, didn't speak for three days. And, you know, it was just very stoic, very stoic, very, very sad. Very sad home, you know. And some people catch that. But I want to tell you something. We need less organization and more agonization. Folks, there's something about shedding a tear over some life that's been mortgaged to the devil. I want to tell you something. Facebook makes me cry because I look at people's lives and see their double standards See, see their skimpy dressing. See them out doing stuff that I would never think would be good and brag on it and publish it and want somebody to like it. And if you like it, you're condoning it. Say amen. That's right. So i got to get off that stuff. But I'm going to tell you this, friend. God help us to realize. God help us to realize that there's a lot of people that's enslaved by sin. And you ought to pray like it's your son. You ought to pray like it's your daughter. When's the last time you missed a meal to pray? Oh, I couldn't do that. I get a sinus headache. When's the last time you fasted and prayed for somebody mortgaged to the devil? I mean, slave to sin. I mean, living ungodly. When's the last time you spent a night in prayer? Let me just put it down where we can understand. When's the last time you spent one hour in prayer? And if you don't think an hour is long, try to pray. And if you want to see an hour short, just watch a movie. You'll watch it one hour and 58 minutes and say, boy, wasn't that good. Come on now, say amen. Or you'll watch a three-hour ball game. I can't even watch baseball anymore. I ain't going to sit there three hours and watch people strike out. I just can't even do it. I used to be a big ball fan. Now, if it's football, Georgia football, I'll, I'll, I'll persevere. But I want to say this. I also say this. I, you Tennessee fans are smiling anyway. Thank God for you. When's the last time you got a hold of God and said, Lord, bless me and bless me to be a blessing. And God, I'm not going to let my son go to hell. I'm not going to let that marriage be broke up. I'm going to tell you something, friend. We've seen some serious tragedies in this church. I don't want to go in detail because I'll embarrass the devil out of somebody in here. But we've seen some serious tragedies in the history of this church. 
And it's easy to talk about it, and it's easy to gossip about it, and it's easy to condemn about it and say you'd never do it. But when's the last time you had a burden where you couldn't sleep and you prayed about it? Folks, our weak, easy, lazy, take-it-or-leave-it prayers are dead. They're dead being alone. I want to close with this verse. Psalms 51, 17. Psalms 51, 17. And you know, some people, they'll sin and they'll just say, well, I guess God will forgive me. Lord, please, in Jesus' name. And before we eat this food, would you forgive me of slapping my wife around? The kids look up and say, well, praise God, he confessed it. He's all right. No! There's no brokenness. There's no tears. There's no contrition. Folks, that is fleshly praying. You don't use God like a priest in a booth. You come broken before Him. I want to give you this, Psalms 51, verse 17, please. You say, I don't like your bluntness. I'm going to tell you something. It's about time we got blunt about praying and not praying. Going through the motions, because folks, we're never going to have revival until we learn to pray. And we're never going to have a revival until we learn that we've got to be broken. A man wrote General Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. And he, he was known for his brief replies. I guess because it was telegraphed, you had to pay by the letter, I guess. But she, the, the guy wrote him, uh, telegraphed him and said, we've tried prayer. We've tried organization. We've tried more prayer. We need revival. We need revival. We just, we're not having revival. What can we do? And he replied, try tears. Try tears. I think that was a good reply. Because the Bible says we ought to mourn. We ought to weep. Psalms 51 verse 17 David had committed adultery. David had committed murder. David had lost four children. It's only the grace of God David did not lose his kingdom. He's getting right with God though, praise God. In Psalms 51 verse 17, he said this, The sacrifice of God, well, let me back up to verse 16, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I'd give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. He says, I'm not going to go religious with you. I'm not going to go through a religious ceremony. Now listen to him, I'm closing. He said, the sacrifice of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. The word despise means not counted as ordinary. That's why he sinned. He counted the commandments as ordinary. 2 Samuel chapter 12. He counted God as ordinary. He despised God. And so folks, listen, if we're going to have our prayers undeniably answered we need to be sensitive to the spirit of God number one number two we need to submit to God's will number three we need to stand against the devil drawn out of God he'll draw out of us and he'll even take care of the devil and the devil will flee we need to be separated from the world and we need to be serious and sober in our purpose folks we're not just praying for a grocery list we're praying for souls we're literally praying for the future of this church. Because if we don't pray for each other, we will fall into sin.
and we will devour each other like a bunch of piranha if we don't stay in the Spirit. Folks, we need to pray. We need to learn to pray. I wish you'd take these five principles, go over these ten verses, and meditate on how you can have an undeniable prayer life. Try tears. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this service. It's been a little longer than usual, but I don't apologize for presenting missionaries, and I don't apologize for having the Lord's Supper. And Dear God, I want to apologize sometimes for my tearless praying, my half-heartedness, my going through the motions, throwing up a prayer like it's some kind of recitation. God, forgive me. And Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'd cleanse us, fill us, use us with your Spirit to pray with sensitivity towards the Spirit. That your Holy Ghost would make God real when we pray. Because sometimes we pray, it's like hitting this acoustic ceiling and bouncing back. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in my prayer life. And God help us to draw nigh to you. And you promised that the fervent, faithful and fervent prayer of a righteous man would avail much. And God, we need a miracle in this society, this day and age, our church, our families, our marriages, our children. We need a miracle. We need a miracle of them not recanting and giving in to the devil's deception and allurements. We need a miracle. Stay filled with the Spirit of God and love each other and forgive each other and encourage and be faithful to you and to others. We need a miracle. So Lord, Holy Spirit, please, pray through us. Burden us. Lead us as we pray for your glory and your honor. We beg these things.